Hey, what's up everybody? My name's MJ and you're listening to the MTG in Quarantine Podcast. As usual, I'd like to give a quick shout out before we begin to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. I'd also like to utilize this opportunity to give a huge shout out and thank you to all the awesome people who supported me over at patreon.com slash Quarantine. So, huge shout out and thank you to Mr. Big Fence, Anomaly, Draco Lucian, Neil Royal, Nick S, Infamous Fridge, Frugal Brutal, and Jen of the Filthy MTG Casuals for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash Quarantine for more information. Today's episode of the podcast is another in the Noah Brewer series, where I've been bringing on a whole lot of awesome creators and community members to talk about how they build and brew their unique EDH and CDH decks. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome a returning guest back to the show. Welcome back, Scott, a.k.a. Scoots. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. That intro has gotten so much better since the last time I was on. It's so lively, <laughs> exciting. Now. I love it. Thank you, thank you. It's it's the, the radio announcer voice seems to be quite popular with people these days. So I'm uh, <laughs> trying to dial that particular thing up to eleven, if I can. You're great at it. Yeah. You're, so, you're someday, good yeah. Someday maybe I'll uh, be able to do a whole episode, right? But I. I will uh, apologize my vocal cords in advance if that ever happens. Um, <laughs> all right, Scott. Again, before we get started here, uh, would you like to tell the people out there who maybe haven't come across your work a little bit about what you do and, uh, yeah, j- just where they can find you on the Internet? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, hi, everyone. I'm Scott, a.k.a. Scoots, a.k.a. whatever you want to call me. I don't care. Uh, I'm a member of the Mind Sculptors and Who Brewed This and the Late Nights podcast, uh, among other things. Uh, and I am a CEDH player and brewer who's kind of been in the game for a long time. Used to have my own stream, uh, many years ago, pre the streaming craze of 2020 and later. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I brew CEDH decks mostly, and, uh, they're usually a little bit off the beaten path, a little bit off the wall, but that's kind of been my style forever. Yeah, definitely. And uh, if people out there have heard me just talking endlessly about my uh, own homebrew CDH list, my Alenda slash like uh, Tevizat, Timna the Weaver deck, whoever is at the helm of that, Scott was actually one of the great people who was actually able to help me out building that deck. So uh, again, huge thanks, Steve, Scott, for, you know, giving me some good ideas about what to throw in that deck. It's obviously in kind of an evolving process and probably always will be, but you gave me a lot of really good spicy includes to put in that deck list. Yeah, it's my my pleasure to help, and it seems like the deck is really starting to starting to come together into a a beautiful monstrosity. So we're all for that. Yeah, it definitely is. Part. It definitely is, and and you know, even if it doesn't necessarily do the best, I think it's just the kind of the. It feels good to just have built a CDH deck, and at least you know, having it as an excuse to get into that side of the format. I think is really where where it is right now, and uh, just keep plugging away at it and. Uh, just see where it goes in the in the coming months and years. So I'm I'm excited yeah. to see where that goes. But again, I'm getting off the beaten path here. We're here to talk today about you. So again, like I mentioned a moment ago, I like utilizing this segment to just talk to people about how they build their unique decks. Obviously, you just mentioned that you like building kind of off the beaten path CDH. So we'll get started with the first question, which is going to be, you know, what when you 
first start trying to build a deck, how do you basically start constructing it? Do you try to find a commander, a theme that you really want to work with? Or do you basically kind of come up with uh, more of your like your win condition and then you start building around that? Yeah, so I generally start from uh, win condition is where I generally start. And then I'll start to build a deck around that. And honestly, sometimes the commander for the win condition and that kind of thing will uh, settle into place over time as I'm kind of going through it, or in other cases, I'll be inspired by uh, a new win condition that's printed for like a, a niche commander, and uh, I'll start I'll start brewing from there. But I generally start with my win condition, and then I'll, I'll progress into things like quote-unquote CEDH staples and that kind of thing later on as the deck kind of starts to take form. But uh, most of my brewing process is putting you know, like hundreds of cards in a list and then whittling them down over time. For sure, for sure. So that'll lead us actually in the second question there, Scott, is now that you have the idea for your deck, now they you have your win condition that you really want to try to satisfy to, you know, to win games. Um, Tate, walk us through the rest of the process from that giant pile of cards to at least the first draft of a 100-card deck. Obviously, these decks are living organisms in their own way. You're going to make changes yeah. over time. But kind of just walk us through your thought process as you go from idea to maybe a pile of cards to then at least the first attempt at the deck. Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll, use, I'll use my Aurelia the War Leader deck as an example. Sure. Um, I, when I built that deck, I built it because Sword of Hearth and Home got spoiled and i saw that it went infinite with aurelia and that got my gears turning uh and as that deck kind of took shape it was first oh sort of hearth and home goes infinite with aurelia oh helm of the host goes infinite with aurelia oh rionia goes infinite with aurelia it kind of just kind of it kind of built and then i kind of started uh the way that i'll approach it is i'll then put in tutors, like as many tutors as I can manage. And even if they're weird tutors and niche tutors and uh, that kind of thing, I will add in a bunch of tutors. And then after that, my next plan is usually I'll start adding card advantage engines into the list, whether that's wheels or um, like in Aurelia, I Boros doesn't have super good card advantage uh, outside of wheels. So you add in stuff like Grenzo and Ragavan and Direfleet Daredevil, cards that let you utilize your, your opponent's libraries and graveyards to, to advance your plan. Um, then after that, I will move into the interaction suite. Uh, one of the things that I like to do is run more interaction than most people. It's always just kind of been my thing. So you'll see me running extra cards, like, uh, you know, Path to Exile isn't super utilized in CEDH because of the ramping your opponent but how many people actually run basics so i'll, I'll start adding like sword supply shares and path to exile and unexpectedly absent and helios intervention and those kinds of cards um and i'll just i'll mass a huge list of interaction and a huge list of tutors and then uh honestly the hardest part for me is building a land base um because there are utility lands I'd like to run. Like, I have a few utility lands. I'll, I'll like Gemstone Caverns, War Room, those kinds of cards are cards that I will pretty much include every time. And then after that, it's 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 uh, adding, you know, every 
dual that's appropriate in your colors and then basics and kind of tuning that mana base down to uh be respective of like how many how many colored pips you have for each color in your in your card list and that kind of thing then after that uh it's supporting creatures uh and staples actually come last for me uh a lot of you know cards like jeweled lotus and arcane signet and soul ring and mox diamond chrome mox those cards those come last for me because i know they're going to be in every deck uh to a point and uh i know that i need space for them but I will often try to justify not running them, uh, you know, one or two of them if I can, and running something that's more off the beaten path. But CEDH being what it is, you generally do need to play like an optimized uh, deck with with certain includes are are thought to be required. But usually that'll get me to a card pool of about 130 to 140 cards, and then after that, um. I look at what the deck wants to do, and uh, I look at ways that we can do it. So in Aurelia specifically, uh, one card that I really like, especially because it enables, it's enabled with Sword of Hearth and Home later on, and you play a few more equipment pieces. You like Stoneforge Mystic. Stoneforge Mystic is is a card that I, I really like in Aurelia and I'll try to build around like Stoneforge Mystic synergies. And then um, the the wheels kind of spin forever and ever and ever until eventually you just have to, you just kind of have to, the way that I do it is I just kind of brute force a cut to a hundred cards. And then if that stinks, like I can change it, but eventually you have to, get the deck and you have to start gold fishing it and then i print it and test it so um the way that i make cuts is i'm pretty brutal with cuts if i don't think that a card is going to get my game plan online in the first few turns then i cut it i get rid of it uh because cedh games being what they are they're generally over in four to six turns is is what i've come to notice what I've what I've what I've found, um. So I'll be I'll be vicious with cuts. Like if a interaction piece has double white pips or whatever, I'll cut it, and then maybe I'll come back to it later. And uh, I will usually start with no board wipes in the deck, and then as testing kind of goes on, I'll I'll add stuff. Like in Aurelia, over time, I added Winds of Abandon because I found myself needing a board wipe occasionally. Uh, but that process is kind of living, like you said. These are these are living decks, and I'm honestly I don't think I'm done with any of my decks yet. You know what I mean? But uh, there there is there is just a point where you have to say, okay, it's a thing. I've done my best. Let's let's print it and test it. So that's kind of how I get there. And I know that was pretty long winded, but. That's the way my brain goes. Hey, I mean, you know, everyone has their own unique method, and it's really interesting just to, to hear how you go through this process step by step. I feel like if you just said, well, I put some cards together and I just kind of throw them in a pile, well, I, 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 think, I think everyone out there would feel like, hey, uh, how do you do that necessarily? So 
I yeah, so so having the detail here is really nice. We only get into that nitty gritty of exactly how you get in there because you have that institutional knowledge too. I, I I think we should not discount that at all. You you know what you're trying to get towards, and that's what's interesting about working backwards is you just know how you're trying to win, and then you're able to build your deck around that. Versus, again, trying to maybe start from the other end, which, again, every style is just fine. I'm not trying to say one style is better than the other, just that in this particular way, Scott is able to start fr from the very end, effectively, and then try to build around that versus maybe trying to start with a certain commander and then finding cards that synergize with that and, you know, trying to, trying to work that way. So it's just interesting to hear how that all comes together. Anyway, so I think that'll get us to our third and final question here, Scott. Obviously, you just talked about one of your favorite noob rooms, but is there another deck you are working on, have just finished, or you're looking forward to get to start to work on here that you just really want to talk about for a couple of minutes? Something you're really excited about? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, a thing that people might know about me is I play a lot of Thrasios and Timna decks, like if like probably too many because I really love the command the, the commanders and the combo of of card advantage and and making mana that's kind of my favorite thing. So uh the latest deck that I have been working on is I know very boring uh uh Thrasios Timna uh it's just like a very strict mid-range deck but I'm using the new cards um Drum Bellower and Swift Reconfiguration I'm like trying to highlight those in the deck. Uh I love the Swift reconfiguration combo with Devoted Druid, if, which, if you're unfamiliar, uh, if you Swift reconfiguration a Devoted Druid, A, it becomes a, a vehicle, an artifact vehicle, so it loses summoning sickness, and it can immediately produce green. And then second, uh, until it's crewed, uh, the minus one, minus one counters don't really matter. Uh, so you can make infinite mana with you can make infinite green mana with Devoted Druid and Swift Reconfiguration. And on top of that, I think Swift Reconfiguration is like a pretty cool possible interactive piece that blanks cards like Godo or my very own Aurelia and her combos and that kind of thing. So uh, I'm a big fan. And in this list, I play a lot of cards that I like and wouldn't normally play, which is, which is a thing that I that I'm super into. I, I get to play, like, Turn the Earth in this list, and I wouldn't normally play Turn the Earth. I get to play Wargate, which is one of my favorite cards ever printed because it's just so absolutely silly. I can get everything. I get to play a bunch. My phone is ringing. I get to play a bunch of dorks and have a lot of fun in that way. So that, that's been my latest brew. It's really super strong mid-range, and... Uh, that's kind of the gameplay, the game plan I like to play. And then I have like um another deck I've been working on that I'm super excited to talk about if it's okay. Uh Hinata. I've been I've been working on a Hinata Dawn Crowned Brew. Uh which is a Jeskai Storm list, but I get to play fun cards like Soulfire Eruption and Baral's Expertise and Paradoxical Outcome. Uh, along with all the other Jeskai stuff, but you can do some crazy busted things with Hanada and X spells, like March of Swirling Mist is a really cool effect with Hanada. And for a finisher, I get to loop cards like Magma Opus, which is just a, a fun, silly card from Strixhaven that I don't think would see play in a deck where the commander didn't discount, didn't discount the spell by 
uh, the amount of targets. So, uh, super, super big fan of that deck that I'm working on as well. But yeah, those are the two that I'm really hyped about right now, and uh, I hope other people are hyped about them too when I eventually publish them to the greater public. For sure. Well, Scott, it was awesome talking to you again. It's been far too long. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about your deck building style. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Love to do it again sometime. Thanks. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me back. Sure. And again, if people want to find your decks or you know just want to see what you're brewing up now, where can they find your deck list and where they can they find the rest of your content that you make? Um, you can find my deck list on my Moxfield profile. That's uh, user Scoots. Uh, I will, uh, I will give MJ. I'll give you a, a link tree that you can put in a description if people awesome. want to follow that. Awesome. Um, you can find me at uh, uh, the Mind Sculptors. I'm occasionally on the podcast. I've written some articles for the channel. Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel with Cicada and Anxiety Elemental. Who brewed this? Where we do rogue brews versus established cedh decks and you can find me on the late nights podcast with hire from playing with power and deke another friend of ours uh and that's mostly where you'll find me i'm also a frequent guest on the moderately anonymous stream and and other streams so you can see me there but i'll drop a link tree and i think i've talked i think i've said too much i'll, I'll stop talking no worries and if you're interested in hearing any of the previous Noah Brewer episodes or any of the episodes I've had in the back catalog of this podcast, you can find those on the usual podcast outlets. That's your Google, Apple, Spotify, Player FM, MTG Cast, Podbean, Rocket Cast, Pocket Cast, so many more. There's not enough time to put them all in there, and also because I forget most of them. But if it's a major podcast outlet, you can probably find my stuff on there. You can also find me on Twitter at, at MTG in quarantine. I'm also going to drop my link trade profile in the bottom of the episode if you're interested in finding any of my stuff, including my Moxfield, as well as my Instagram profile there if you're interested in checking out my costume stuff. And I'd like to utilize this opportunity to give a huge shout out and thank you again to my patrons who support me over at patreon.com slash MTG in quarantine. So another huge round of thank yous to Mr. Big Benz, Anomaly, Draco Lucian, Neo Royal, Nick S, Infamous Fridge, Frugal Brutal, and Jen of the Filthy MTG Casuals for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash MTG in quarantine for more information. That's for you, Neil. And I very much hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of the MTG in Quarantine podcast. My name's MG. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.